They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that doesn't do many tribute shows, but when we do, it's for dudes like this. This is Hysteria 51's tribute to Stanton Friedman. UFOs covers all kinds of stuff, and I come on very strong. I'm not saying UFOs are real. I'm saying flying saucers are real. Yeah. Earth is being visited by intelligently controlled extraterrestrial spacecraft. There's a cosmic water gate. We're dealing with the biggest story of the millennium. There are no good objections to that. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and lead pallbearers. Oh, that's dark. That's yeah, a little did I dark. go too dark? A little dark there. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they honor the person. That's true. They do. That's the point. Uh, my name is John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. That's right, John. Today, we look into the life and legacy of one of ufology's OGs. That's a mouthful there. Stanton T. Friedman. The T? Tiberius? Of course. That's the only thing it could be. Right. right. <laughs> Meat sacks don't deserve tributes. That, yeah. that other voice you're hearing is the third host of this show, if you don't know by now, and the only one excited when they hear about the death of a human being. He is the one and the only conspiracy bot. You didn't let me finish. Meat sacks don't deserve tributes usually, but I'll allow this one. That is so generous, Seabot. I can be a kind master. <laughs> so anyway, John, tonight we review the life and legacy of Stanton Friedman. And listeners of the show, they know that we always haven't seen eye to eye with Stanton. That doesn't mean we don't always love the guy and what he's done for us. Just like John and I, we don't see eye to eye. But we like to look into each other's eyes. <laughs> uh, but that is right, Brent. I mean, we've definitely expressed disdain for some of his support of certain stories and and then you know really hating on other stories uh in the world of the weird kind of like kind of like what we do yeah right right <laughs> but he doesn't always agree with us so we have yeah. unabashed disdain for yeah, him that's right <laughs> true and we talk about some of that but the reality is ufology wouldn't be where it is today without his contributions true. i mean literally he was the first civilian looking into roswell and on and a lot of these terms wouldn't be in the cultural zeitgeist if it wasn't for Stan Friedman. That's right. So upon learning of his death, we decided to take a look back and honor this pioneer of the paranormal, because if anyone deserves it, it is definitely him. Amen. Without further ado. So, yeah, this episode was driven by the fact that Stanton left his mortal coil or shook his mortal coil earlier this month. Actually, on May 13th, Stanton T. Friedman passed away. Yeah, he was he had been speaking at a, a an engagement in Columbus, Ohio, which I love. Like the dude had retired, but he's still oh my not gosh. retired. Yeah. No. <laughs> Somebody asked him, like, hey, I thought you retired. Yeah, I retired, but uh, I'm still going to do all these speaking engagements. But like, that's what he was doing before he retired. What I loved <laughs> about Stanton and we never had him on the show but we were given his phone number and told that, hey, reach out to him. He'll 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 do your show. And when we call it, he answers. Hey, hi. You know, and he's that kind of guy who's just willing to talk to anyone and everything, because after all these years of covering this topic, he was still 
that excited about it, still retired and traveling the world doing his job. I've spoken with him. <laughs> Wait, you called him? Well, it was a prank call, but I've spoken to him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the insight, Seabot. Candy Graham. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, Stanton did pass away. He was at the uh, Toronto Pearson Airport, and he passed away at the air- yeah, airport, actually. yeah. But, you know, it, he kind of is the face of old school ufology. I think in more modern times, people really look at Giorgio Sukalos as. Yeah. And, and, and while people who are in the field would probably have um, a large amount of anger with the, that statement, it's it, true. It's the layman. You know, when you think of it, who's the meme? Right. Who's the meme? That's a great way to put it because ultimately, whoever the meme is about whatever you're talking about is modern society's interpretation of it right and if you ask giorgio they're going to talk to you about some certain names that are going to eric von daniken and heineck but the, the there's no list that could be given without stanton friedman on there jay allen heineck yes the daddy of all of us who study ufo why don't we use an initial in giorgio sukulos's name everybody else has an initial it's probably O in the middle, so it just became Giorgio O O. Giorgio O. The the funny thing is, if you don't know who Stanton is, when you look at his picture, you'll go, "Oh, that guy." Yeah. Oh, I've seen him. He talks about aliens. And here's the other thing: he was a nuclear physicist, and one of our good friends, a gentleman that we grew up with, his father. Charles Galena, Matt Galena, we grew up with, was a nuclear physicist, and he was the spitting image of Stanton Freeman. Or yeah. Stanton was a spitting image of him, you know. Wait, are you saying that the guy that we grew up with, Matt, was mm-hmm. actually the son of Stanton Friedman? Maybe. Maybe Stanton and Charles were separated. Or when you go to nuclear physicist school, they go, and here's your beard, here's your white hair, here's your glasses out the door. <laughs> I think that's probably likely. <laughs> or they ripped a hole in space time. Yeah. Like, and there's like two of them. Well, they can't occupy the same space if they touch, they explode, like in Time Cop. Oh, no. Doesn't the entire universe explode? We're not sure. Well, I guess Time Cop it doesn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> that or you get a really bad headache movie's over <laughs> he was a polarizing person though and we've talked about him on here a lot if you remember we had jeremy corbell on here and jeremy is kind of famous for he was on a panel with him on a stage and him and stanton argued hard and if, you're, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about if you listen to the show at all you're definitely familiar with bob lazar and his story and uh stanton friedman while he looks at other stories from the world of the weird and and supports them and goes, oh, yeah, I can see how that'd work. The exact opposite with Bob Lazar. Yeah. He was not a fan of Bob Lazar, called him a fake fraud. And and obviously, Jeremy Corbell, the documentarian, did an entire documentary most recently on Bob Lazar, is a big Bob Lazar uh, supporter. And, They're called um, Lazarians. Laz- uh, <laughs> is that true? Laz- Lazard people. Did you make that up? <laughs> I, I mean, I, see, the thing know. is, I would believe it. That's the problem. I would believe it. Um, but he did not support him at all and, and, and just basically called him a liar. So anyone who's in the Bob Lazar camp, as it were, mm-hmm. would be anti-Stan Friedman. And then anyone who's you know anti-Lazar is like, go Stanton. You know, go so, Stanton, go. Yeah. On the other hand, a couple that he was famously, famously a, a supporter of. In fact, he, he did tours, wrote books with the uh, the niece there of this couple. Yeah, Barney and Betty Hill, one yeah. of our earlier episodes, um, uh, uh, an abduction uh, slash time loss tale from the 1960s slash alien genital warts. 
literally, if you read the whole story. Uh, it's a fascinating tale, and he was very much a a believer and a uh, a supporter of them, and their, then the whole story after them. So yeah, he he picks his battles, and he was famous for not only you know picking them. He did tons and tons of research. One other thing that's worth mentioning, Brent, he was also um, one of the primary names, helped write the book on, uh, and one of the first people to research the Majestic 12 papers. Yes, yes, very much so. And uh, contrary to a lot of people in the field, he is a supporter of the MJ-12 papers. Yes. As being, you know, even if they aren't 100% real, the, 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 the things therein are. Yeah, he took the textbook way of getting credit credit and credibility for something calling it well it's not all true look at these three papers these are bs right mm-hmm. these three you can tell they're fake um there was a memo he could he's like see how this is fake and this is fake however that said the overall implications of the papers and some of the things in there are true and that was his belief on which that. is a lot of you know that's one of those things that a lot of people have said that's how they trickle out information and right. then it becomes questionable because uh they want to see how it, it it people react to it so it's a fascinating thing but a little bit more about his his past uh, a nuclear physicist by training Friedman, he devoted his life to researching and investigating UFOs, like we said, since the the 1960s. He actually became interested in the late 50s, around 58. He was he was polarizing. Uh, he was not afraid to tell people he thought they were liars or right or, or, or fight to defend them. We've talked about that. Like he he was just he he stood up for what he believed in. And if Anyone, as we said, deserves this episode. Uh, it is very much Stan the Man. He's one of the reasons shows like H51 exist because of the work he's done in the field that allowed others to look at it and actually take it more seriously. No, I'm the reason the shitty show exists. You're the reason this shitty show gets hate mail. Uh, or, oddly enough, people that literally say, please make me your pet and kill me first. Yeah, that's weird. An alarming amount. An alarming amount. You're also the reason the show gets subpoenas. <laughs> tough but fair <laughs> so brent that is that is the man uh in a nutshell yeah but let's get in after the break to more about the cases he was involved yeah, we're in. gonna talk hills some more we're gonna talk roswell that he he brought back into the cultural narrative yeah let's do that but let's take a break real quick mama needs a new pair of shoes yeah, yeah. let's pay uh, there you go that's coming up on hysteria 51 <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we we've been touting these things forever we love rosetta stone and we actually are users david you've really been using it even for longer than i what's your experience been like oh it's been great the thing is uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it so it's very high on pronunciation too so <laughs> you can you know learn how to speak and you know our show is all about proper pronunciation <laughs> in that pronunciation yeah that's right but it's it, they design it for long term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Broke. Oh, there we go. You I got he, scared. Do you think he preferred Stanton or Stan? So, or did it depend on your relationship with him? Two things. Phil, our buddy Phil, always introduces himself to people as Philip. And I asked him why one time. He's like, I prefer Philip. I'm like, why don't you tell us to, you know, to change it? And then we were just at a, a wedding. You and, and Phil? Uh, yeah. My uh, producer, Lisa, and I. And we met this woman. And she's like, I'm Hope. And the woman next to her is like, uh, yeah, her name's whatever. And she's just now decided her name's Hope. And she's 60. 
She's changing her name. So to her, her name's like name. Betty, and she's like, "No, nah, my Betty name's Hope, Hope now. Betty Hope, or whatever." Oh, her middle, okay, yeah. It was her middle name, but that seems late in life to go. You know what? I'm starting anew. I think it'd be fun uh, just to change your name f- to something that has nothing to do with your original name, like uh, hashtag Brown Eye for you. Like I just watched. Um, yep. No, uh, I, I was just going to skip over that. I just watched. Uh, I forget the name of it. The the um, Motley Crue uh, biopic on Netflix. And how, how to honk a horn on a boat with your wiener? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the subtitle. Uh, it was the subtitle. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I've seen that video. <laughs> so you know, Nikki Six obviously isn't his original name. But before they got popular, he actually went to uh, the courthouse or whatever, uh, and uh, and 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 legally changed his name. It wasn't like they were starting to get popular. Like, ooh, I need a stage name. He legally changed his name to Nikki Six way before he was even in Motley Crue. Wow, because he hated his dad. Like, ran off on him, and oh, yeah. he, he hated the name. He had a decent and reason like, for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was cool though. Let's talk. So I'm going to be little... Nikki Seven from now on. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about background. We talked about he was a nuclear physicist. Well, how did he get that way? Well. Stanny graduated from Little High School and then the University of Chicago right here, John, in the Lower Fourth. And that was earning a Bachelor of Science in 1955 and then a Master of Science degree in nuclear physics in 1956. I'm a Master of Science. I don't even have a joke there. I yeah, just I'm just a Master of Science. You, you're, your brain recognizes that you just need to deal with that fact. Oh, man. Like we said... Uh... The nuclear physicist that he was, he looked just like Charles Galena. Yep. Well, well, I think you said it best. Uh, when he got the degree, they handed him the gray hair, the beard, and the glasses. Yeah, that's how it works. And then he was employed for 14 years as a nuclear physicist. For check out these credentials, companies such as General Electric, Aerojet, General Nucleonics, General Motors, Westinghouse, TRW Systems, and McDonnell Douglas. It is worth noting that 50% of the companies he worked for had the name General in the name. <laughs> General Chaos, General Disarray. <laughs> no, holy shit, though. That's like a who's who of, you know, the defense contractors and things like, and, and crap like that back in the day. Ooh, maybe he was a plant. Man. An agent of disinformation. Are we uncovering something? No, no. He's not even dead. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he pulls off his skin suit. We kid, we kid. He passed away and we're honoring him today, but we're going to have some levity along the way. Yeah, yeah. So he did some really cool stuff along the way uh, where he worked on advanced classified programs on nuclear aircraft, fission and fusion rockets and compact nuclear power plants for space applications. Wait, what's a fission rocket? Well, they've, they're they working on that stuff now. I, it doesn't exist. No, right? but yeah. like, you know, applied, you know, mechanics to it. You know, they, they've been working on how... Uh, is it the Japanese that are working on, like, maybe actually achieving it here in the next few years? Is it? I, I don't know. Yeah, they've been, I don't know. I didn't read that article. on, like, you know, on, like, real science places, not like the like, sun. <laughs> like a UFO blog dot yeah, org. Yeah, or yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and since the 80s, he did related consultant work on the radon detection industry, which is one of those things that when you buy a house, they go, do you want a radon test? You don't have to get it. It's all fake. Radon doesn't exist. <laughs> the big radon loves it when you... Good. 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 
but that was just his nine to five for a long time and not forever because he dove into this this that you're gonna hear about but yeah he said that he said that he's working on all this stuff but really his his interest was in in both i mean just obviously ufos and aliens mm-hmm. interested in him and he was excited by them and he believed that they were real even though he uh throughout his life he said he never had a ufo encounter never um, saw one never saw a ufo an alien anything but he also said and it's funny he's unabashed about this he also said that he really liked touring and doing speaking engagements yeah which i don't that I, just, that's so, awesome like it's one of those people like I people take, can take that the wrong way but you can but i don't see that as you know it's like when people go man this guy writes a book and now you see him everywhere Hell yeah. You know, like that makes sense to me. Like we do speaking engagements. Guess why? I love go, I love speaking. I you love, love hearing the sound things. of your own voice. True. And I love traveling. Like I don't do it for any nefarious reason. Well, well, you do I have some say that, nefarious but, reasons, but, <laughs> but no, but I most don't see, people don't. No, I don't see that as a, a, a bad thing at all. Wanting to tour the world and get no, your I voice think out the there. people that are detractors say that, see, he just wanted the spotlight. So he makes shit up and says it. And that's giving him the spotlight. I don't th- I don't think that's fair or accurate. I think that, you know, if certain people are better at doing certain things. Some people love doing research, some people love speaking in front of audiences, some people really enjoy reading a lot. I mean, like there's 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 different ev- different strokes for different folks. That's right. But we we were talking about that, you know, his 9 to 5 Enter the alien, so to speak, his his passion. So like a badass, in 1970, Freeman left full-time employment as a physicist to pursue the scientific investigation of UFOs. And that's really important to say the scientific because he was a scientist and he did believe in trying to prove things scientifically. And he actually said, this is a quote, in about 1961 at the library of the University of California, Berkeley, I found a copy of a privately published version of the largest study ever done for the U.S. government, Project Blue Book Special Report Number 14. It hadn't been mentioned in any of the books I had read and had over 200 charts, tables, graphs, and maps about the more than 3,200 UFO case studies. Most astonishingly was the wildly distributed press release of October 25th, 1955. 1955! 1955. In which the Secretary of the Air Force, Donald Quarles, flat out lied when he said, and these are quotes from Stanton, flat out lied when he said even the unknown 3% could have been identified as conventional phenomena or illusions if more complete observation observational data had been available in reality 21.5% of the cases couldn't be explained completely separate from the 9.3% listed as listed as insufficient information Thus began my career in the early 1960s which is a so, great look at it he's a he, scientist and he goes you're wrong and so and and we've talked about Project Blue Book before on the show. Obviously, there was Project Grudge, and and the other projects that went along in that from yeah, that time project period. Shit, he said that. Now we got to do a new project, which right. is kind of how the projects went along the way. And it's they kept it's well documented, right? And it's well documented that Blue Book was started to discredit all of the UFO sightings and. And Hashtag Heineck. Right, right. And we, we've talked about that before on the show. But um, obviously, Stanton is one of the people that, that came along their findings uh, from Project Blue Book and, and saw through the um, the, the lack of truth that's in, a in reporting. Ga- that's a thin veil of lies, John. A thin veil of <laughs> a lies. A thin veil of lies. That's going to be that's going to be the title of of my biography. A thin veil of lies. No, but that just sounds like a book like like. A Jack Reacher book. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's accurate. I mean, a thin veil of like, like 
everything you call it your biography, it's more like fiction. Everything that you'd probably tell people about yourself is a lie. It's true because they can't handle the truth. Uh, I, I think that's accurate, though. I think you and I are thinking very different things as to why, as to the veracity of that statement. Uh, we got two reviews lately. More singing. I love it. And then a three star. I love this show. Stop the singing. I think that'll be part of my biography. Oh, that was mine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I know I'm, I, I know we say five star only, but, uh, you know, I just had to make an impact. Yeah, when it, you know, when it's truthful, sometimes it just come from the heart. Accuracy is accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy and reporting. That's right, a so, really important so, thing, though, that he, he found there, though. Yeah, since when he, they said 3%, really it was 21.5%. Like, that's just a flat out and out lie from the government. And that, well, uh, well, well, that's an interpretation. He is the one saying they can't be explained. The government would say they can be explained, but he, through his own research, he deemed 21.5% unexplainable right which you know I inexplicable mean, i should say and i think that as time has gone by that's even a generous you know number you know as the, the more eyes have seen it well and that and that i mean you think about all the cases we've talked about on the show it's literally it's the it's the ufo crash in aurora texas was that real did something really knock down uh uh, Judge Proctor, ju- ju- the windmill into into Judge Proctor's petunias or not? My uh, petunias. And, and and ultimately, there you can look at all the evidence that's available, but it comes down to a judgment choice. Um, but it he certainly believed it because then he dedicated his life to it. You talked about him 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 touring. Give some numbers. Yeah, yeah. He gave lectures throughout his life at well more than six hundred different colleges to more than a hundred different professional groups in all fifty states, ten provinces, and nineteen countries outside the U.S. That's that's creeping up on my numbers. The way I go around speaking, mostly these bus terminals and bathrooms. And yeah, people aren't listening. <laughs> that's but, fair. You know. That's fair. But if we're counting those, you're right. You're right. He's getting close. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he did a lot of shoe tapping, though, Brent. You tend to. And the reason why everyone knows who he is, he was featured on literally countless TV shows, documentaries, movies, radio shows, podcasts, etc. If someone needed the talking head, he was very happy to do it. And he was almost like an alien apologist. You know, he was well versed in in making the scientific case for these things being real or why some of the ones that he deemed as unreal were unreal. Right. When he would come through with the gumption to to look at Barney and Betty Hill and say, this is this is awesome. This is amazing. This is so true. Yet to look at Bob Lazar and say, this is BS. You're a liar. You have no credit. His belief is that that's actually lending more credibility to ufology because we're we're separating the wheat from the chaff, as it were. Yeah. And I, I, I do get that. And you look at a lot of people and, the you know, you look at the Lazar camp and people look at them and just go, ugh, you know, Lazar camp is off of I-80 <laughs> yeah, open Memorial Day. It is not Jellystone. It's no, not. it is not. It is. But not. they they give you a free pump out of your of your shitter tank uh, if you buy a sandwich. So <laughs> Lazar camp. Off of I-80. <laughs> it's powered by Element 115. <laughs> uh, he also worked as a, a consultant on the topic. He published more than 80 UFO-related papers. He wrote and or co-wrote several books, including Flying Saucers and Science, which is one of my favorite, favorite books. Captured the Barney and Betty Hill UFO experience co-written with Kathleen Martin. Top Secret Magic, like MJ-12, M-A-J-I-C, Crash at Corona, The Definitive Story of the Roswell Incident, co-authored with Don Berliner. Science was wrong. Startling truths about cures, theories, and inventions. They declared impossible, again, with Kathleen Martin. 
The President and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama, co-authored with Larry Holcomb, and the list goes on, but those are some of the big ones. He also provided written testimony to congressional hearings and appeared twice at the United Nations, something that CBOT is striving for, but for different reasons. Very different reasons, <laughs> and he probably won't even get into the city. They're pussies. Uh, did, you, uh, did you read Science Was Wrong? No, I have not. Have you? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm curious about the um, the subject matter there. I, I haven't read it though. I think the one that probably has garnered the most negative attention would be Top Secret Magic. Yeah. So he he's very he's very famous for being one of the people that truly believed the Majestic Twelve papers. Um, it, like we said, it was more of what they were saying than what they were kind of thing. Do you know what I mean by that? Is that coming across? Like he, he believed that those things that the having a council, having things like that were true. And that was a way that those, those papers were letting us know about it. And to be fair, it's probably the number one Paul that was cast over his, um, career because even a lot of people in the uh, in the world of the weird in the ufology community look at magic slash majestic twelve and go, yeah, that's that's all yeah. fake. That's yeah. all fake. So if you're pointing at him as the uh, the defender of all things magic and the defender of all things majestic, that's what defender of all things magic is Gorgok, and he lives in the mountains. We all know that. <laughs> so, uh, and you're not supposed to speak of it's his magic title. with a J, okay. I'm sorry, but and and I don't think it's fair for one uh, one case to define someone's life. But that is certainly what's probably cast the largest pall over uh, over his career. Yeah. And people used to refer to him as the flying saucer physicist because of his degrees in nuclear physics and his work on nuclear projects. He is just, as we said, kind of a larger than life person who was also very approachable. In 2018, he decided to finally retire. But. Still book speak engagements because, quote, his daughter said, uh, this is Melissa Friedman. He loved talking about UFOs. It was just his passion. He really, really liked it, which I do. That's what yeah. I'm doing. I, I hope to God at 84, I'm out there kicking and still streaming about UFOs to people. She, uh, she actually went on to say some, some other stuff about him. She said, dad was curious about anything he didn't know about. He was always asking questions and about how things worked. I think it's rare for someone to stay so engaged and curious and open-minded for a life that is that long. Real quick, that's true. People burn out or change their opinions or even you look at, you know, David Pilatus, who did the missing 411. He shifted in his life. It was, you know, Bigfoot and aliens. I don't want to talk about that anymore. And it's only missing 411. You can't bring that up. Look at Bill Cooper. Aliens and aliens. I'm just kidding. I don't believe in any of that. And the government's going to come and take your guns and kill you. And oops, they killed me. Right. You know, these people that are so staunch, boom, 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 boom. And then you find out that they change your thing. Stanton has said, this is what I'm studying. This is my life. This is what I believe. Or I, you know, or, or I don't believe. And I'm going to tell you why. And he stuck with it because he had that kind of passion. Even though he was still touring here and there and doing speaking engagements. Isn't it interesting I don't know if I'm not trying to make a causation here, a, a link, but isn't it interesting how many anecdotal stories you hear about people who officially throw in retirement on their uh, uh, on their on their resume and and wind up dying within the next year? Two things that you hear about that a lot: people that retire and then pass very fast, and people whose spouses whose spouses yeah pass that's very and then true. they pass, and I think it's because a lot of times. 
that is their passion, their driving force, or it's all they know. Mm-hmm. And you put this huge kink into your lifestyle and then they, some people give up. Obviously he didn't. I don't, I'm not, I don't think that's the case here, but some people like if your, your spouse passes, you just kind of wither. You know what I mean? Right. I do suppose that there's the, the, the counter argument to that is, well, everyone you're looking at that had a spouse pass or retires, it's not like they're all 30. They're all in their late 70s, 80s, 90s. So you're going to you're going to have a higher hit rate there just because right. of of you know the average he lifespan well, of human beings. Yeah. I, I looked it up, and the average lifespan in America is 78. So you yeah. know you know he 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 lived a long and fruitful life. And the know? average lifespan of, of a ufologist is like 32. <laughs> so I mean, well, he, uh, then you have an accident, right? That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oops, slipped, fell, and and uh, right onto the CIA needle, with, right? With, <laughs> with with poison inside of yeah, it. Yeah, how, how about that? The the thing that we got to say though is he's left some big shoes that i don't think are ever going to be filled or not for a long time he's one of those people you know he's a different feel a different type than the Giorgio suclos the eric von danikens the name a person on the gaia network he he had that air of like you you liked him you trust him you believed him he had this scientific background and he looked at everything with a scientific outlook and that was important and i gotta say if you're gonna go i mean doing what you love and not know not being sick and just all of a sudden going that's the way to go didn't you say you talked to somebody Yeah. so it was crazy when they announced it started this scuttlebutt you know a a day or so after what that he was that that he had passed passed. and at first i saw it on a reddit post and then the, the the person on reddit one of the admins on the it's you know I think it was subreddit just UFOs um, said, well, I talked to someone and they they said this isn't true. I spoke with some people who saw him over the weekend. They said that he, he seemed fine. He was his normal self. I saw pictures of him from the weekend that they shared with me. He was in good spirits. Yeah, there's actually a video on YouTube of his final um of his final uh, presentation, yeah. as it were, to, at that college. They said he was just, he was completely, completely normal. And so this was very sudden. So you, you kind of think maybe heart attack or something like that, which, you know, you hate to say it, but sign me up for that exit. You know what I mean? Um, maybe, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, not right now. I, I, I don't mean to be a downer here. Both my parents died of brain tumors and it is just months and months and months of, horror so you know do you not get to say goodbye well do you ever really get to say goodbye it's one of those things you know you can make an argument for either side but having lived one uh i would sign up for that side any day as long as it's the appropriate timing i suppose there's no appropriate timing but but not too early as john always says 7 15 on a tuesday I stick by it. Uh, it is my it is my motto. And out of respect, you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. I think we should hit one more break, and and when we come back, let's talk about his life you in have the to field. Potty. Do you need I, to go potty? I I I need to mit- micturate. Did you did you bring your um, squatty potty? Because I know you you've been using that a lot. No, 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 no. Uh, I am not a squatty potty fan. Actually, I tried it. Uh, it, did you really? I was just joking. Yeah, no, I, I did. They say, well, this is how the cavemen did it. I'm like, yeah, and then we developed technology. And then you hit Stacy over the head and drug her into a cave. And I, no, no, none of that happened. Ate some saber tooth cat rare. This is not a yes and moment. <laughs> 
But let's let's talk about his uh, some of the cases he touched on after the break on Hysteria Fifty One. Saber. What does saber tooth cat taste? Pretty much the same as a regular cat, only stringier. I would assume. That's an educated guess. See what? Could you take? Do you think you could take a saber tooth cat? I mean, you you kill the ones in the neighborhood. As long as it has a service vest on, you can't really be told no. So I could take one pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I think he meant. To, no, never mind. I, he knows what I meant. He didn't want to answer the question because he knows he'd get rocked. Nation, we are back and we are talking Stanton T. Friedman today, and uh, Brent, let's get a little bit into his life. In the field. Yeah, in, in this field of ufology, paranormal universe type stuff. He built a reputation as a leading authority on unidentified flying objects, alien abductions, and very much so the Roswell incident. And he's considered by many to be the definitive UFO expert. He said his belief in extraterrestrials was based on data about UFO events he found buried in U.S. government documents over the years. Not just the ones we we're talking about from Project Blue Book, but he was a very much one of those people that said, if you want to research, you go there, you go and you read the reports thoroughly. And he would actually mock people that actually said, well, I'm a, a serious investigator. You go, oh, did you read the thousands of pages of the Blue Book? Well, no. Well, then how do you how can you talk about this? You know, if you haven't really read it. And and sometimes he used that knowledge to um, beat people over the head with it. And I, and I don't mean that nece- necessarily negatively, um, but he would often be in arguments with folks and say, well, well he was never afraid to to argue you, and yell. Have you done the research? Yeah. I've read them all. I read the entire Project Blue Book. And and, and Brent, you actually uh, you found a, a quote uh, from the Canadian press uh, that I thought was in. We we kind of referenced this earlier about. Yeah, yeah. He well, he said he first became interested in UFOs in '58, and he began lecturing on the topic in '67. And you said this: he never actually saw one himself. Well, a quote I found for the King and Press in 2007 said, "I've never seen a flying saucer, and I've never seen an alien. But remember, I chased neutrons and gamma rays for a lot of years as a physicist, and I never saw one of them either." <laughs> you know, that's a really that's a really great it's a, way to it's put a nice it. quip. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I think flat earthers could learn a lot from him. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to say, in fact, this is my favorite one. In fact, I've never seen Tokyo, but I'm convinced it's there. Yeah, it's like from uh, uh, Harry and the Hendersons. I've never seen a baby pigeon, but I, I'm pretty sure yeah, they, they exist. exist. <laughs> All you Australia deniers out yeah. there. <laughs> Take note. Yeah. Uh, he, he also said that his his personal success came from the fact that people have an endless fascination with space and the unknown. Amen. Understatement of the year. I guess endless isn't an understatement, but yeah. Quote, can you think of anything that touches more deeply on who we are, where we stand and the mystery of the cover up? Yes. Me. No. 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 We probably should have like put him outside the door for this episode. It's just I mean, we're trying to kind of pay tribute, be, and he just does not play well with that. Yeah, but going back to that, that's why I do this. I am so fascinated with the unknown, and maybe it's a little bit of me being conceited as I want to know. You know, I, I want to know these. I, things. I would never call you conceited <laughs> to your face. <laughs> People are excited because. 
it opens up the universe to wonderful possibilities. That's what he said. That's why people get excited about this. And that's why I do it. I'm excited about the possibilities. Just Josh Clark. He loves looking at the what ifs of the world. What right. if we died this way? Or what if this happened? Jeremy Corbell looks at the things like the, I'm talking about, you know, people we've had on the show. Like what if Lazar is absolutely right? And these things are true. What does that mean to us? You know, all these people, you know, Ben Bolin, who looks at the world of the future and goes, what if we do make it? We don't kill ourselves. That's why we do what we do is finding the what ifs. And and it's fun. It's like playing these mental games that could actually come true. And you're using you're taking bits. You're taking pieces of data and information and research and making these educated guesses. Almost. Well, the greatest thinkers throughout human history Certainly, I mean, you're basically talking about thought experiments. Certainly, I mean, you think think about think about Plato, Aristotle, me. I, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, they all. Well, if you were in that, it was Plato, uh, Aristotle, which was the brand of wasn't that your toilet paper? And then you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all enter into these thought experiments to say, "What if?" Yeah. I, I I really liked those uh, Marvel comics. What if I had? What if one of my favorite ones? What if Hulk went berserk? Thor killed him in that one. Broke his neck. Then wasn't um, DC, just like everything else, DC picked up on it afterwards and did it? Oh, uh, no, uh, L- no, no. Marvel is, if you actually look at it, Marvel usually picks up on after DC. They did Elseworlds? Um, you know, I don't what know if which... was around before Elseworlds? I'm pretty oh, sure. Probably so, but you can't say half of Marvel's characters are just a, a well, certainly a DC re- uh, What I'm saying is true as of late. It's just like when um Stan Lee went to DC and they said, "Okay, redo all our characters." If you would have done them, you know what I mean. That did you ever see those? Mm-mm. Yeah, they were shit, but they were interesting. But yeah, you, it, a lot of it is like you said. Like you see something, you go. Yeah, that works. Like the whole Thanos Infinity Gauntlet, DC movies, I think was trying to do that. Dark Side came before Thanos, but they already were making the Thanos movies, and it felt disingenuous to have it just shoehorned into here we go. You know what I mean? Because they well, didn't have the ten and the funny years. part is they've already given up now. They've already given up on uh, on the path they were going down. Well, good. Yeah, I liked no. Batfleck. I did. Well. <laughs> Let's go back to the hero of this particular story. So he's remembered by colleagues as being a hard worker. We got a Kathleen Martin quote here. Now, if you remember, Kathleen and him wrote several books together. Uh, three, actually. She said, when he knew the truth, he told the truth. He was original civilian investigator of the Roswell crash. Stan was a man who did his homework. He always criticized the debunkers because they hadn't done theirs. And that's something that you had just brought up. And that was one of the reasons that he got a lot of ire is sometimes people said they had done their homework and he just used that as a defense mechanism. And some people said, no, he was really truthful and um, he was more uh, researched. That's a hard thing to say is you haven't done your homework. Well, you don't know what I've done. Right. And some people, unfortunately, can't argue on the spot on a stage as well or don't want to. Because that's a weird path to go down. He bumped heads with Jeremy Corbell, and if you know anything about Jeremy, he's happy to argue with yeah, you. He does he's not scared of the conflict, right. And um he has I will say this about Jeremy too, he has done his homework on the things he talks right. about. Whether you agree with him or not, 
He knows his talking points. And speaking of Roswell, I mean, he did sp- spend a lot of time researching it, uh, and, and he wanted the public to pay attention to it. According to Time magazine, he, quote, painstakingly sought out and interviewed other witnesses and came to a dramatic conclusion that there had been a cover-up of cosmic Watergate proportions. That's a hell of a statement. I mean, is there an alien Dick Nixon? That's that's my question. I am not an Anunnaki. (laughs) (laughs) Another of his was, it's time for wake up call. We are not alone now. I agree with that a lot more than I can look at the whole. I believe there was probably cover up at Roswell. I have a hard time kind of digesting a lot of the UFO stuff. I don't know. My problem with Roswell is I'm still haven't done enough investigation to form a point that I feel I can make a, an educated guess because I, I just haven't done the in, the investigations of it. And as we heard earlier, I mean, he he was unabashed about the fact that, I mean, he, he didn't even like the term UFOs. He wanted flying saucer because he wanted to say these are not from our planet. This isn't this isn't some sort of weird government thing. This isn't something that's easily explainable. Yeah. It's aliens, yo. Which is funny. The government now, the CIA and, and ATIP and all these are using UAP now, unidentified aerial phenomenon, to get away from the stigma that UFO gives. Because UFO, as you know, people go, oh, well, that's an alien. Well, that's not what they're saying. Well, I, it's not what they're saying, but it is kind of funny that I agree that like, UFO has taken on the meaning alien. Yes. And yes. Whether whether we, who who like to talk about these things, like it or not, it's true. Right. And talking about the research, he, he did say, he said all through his career that he felt the biggest issue for people were unwilling to do the research necessary to get to the bottom of the cases. According to his, there is real evidence from all over the world, including more than 4,000 physical trace cases from more than 70 countries. The Mutual UFO Network receives more than 300 reports per month. Uh, that's that's an older quote. There's more than that in a, in a lot of times. But people don't want to get their hands dirty, so to speak, he said. So we are lucky we had someone like Santa to do it for us. And now it's time for more to, to step up because he, as you love to say, tried to use the scientific method and, and really do the research and find things. Now it's questionable if some of the things that he said were real were observable and repeatable, especially since he never has observed them. But he was using the best of his abilities to say if the the evidence was there to back up the claims. Yeah, I don't I would I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan of the way in which he proved out the things he believed versus didn't believe because he was he was somewhat selective in he was known to go into pa- people's houses with a gun so you fucking believe you say it now he was alien <laughs> oh uh, stanny <laughs> stanny this is the last time he was he was somewhat selective and you know he did the research but he would believe what was written here and not what was written here when that's i think human nature but it, yes but i but he, he my point is he had a motive right but ultimately what drove that motive, I think, was innocent and pure. He had a firm belief that aliens existed and visit our planet. And that driving thesis 
was the motivation behind what he did. And what was very refreshing is he didn't just look at everything and go, yep, like some of you do. He did look at things and go, that's not true. He wasn't a Philip Class who goes, ha ha, you're all dumb. I'll give you money to lie. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't that, which he actually won a bet. One of those things with Philip Class, he got a thousand dollars from him. Yeah. Improving some stuff, you know, so he, he wasn't that type. He, he wasn't about to just be a yes man. He want, you know, he wanted to do the research and find out for himself, which was awesome. Let's end on a quote from a 2018 lecture he gave. The universe works on fusion, folks. Like it or not. That's what's going on in all those stars out there, and so we're babies in the woods. It's not surprising that we haven't expanded our thinking. I expect my great-grandson will be alive when we send visitors to other planets, maybe colonies out there, and maybe... We welcome a biannual meeting of the Galactic Federation Global Neighborhood Association, so to speak. He thought that we weren't too far off from the stars, which, if you believe in the year 2100, we're going to be a type one civilization. He was absolutely right. All we need to do is start to understand those whale sounds, because that's how we're going to communicate well, with them. Well, we better, because that probe's coming. <laughs> I see the probe coming, coming around the bend. <laughs> I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I mean, that just worked. I'm stuck in San Francisco. And <laughs> time just keeps to watch. dragging on. It, it all fits. It all uh, fits. If you don't know what we're singing about, I hate you. <laughs> Star Trek 4, go watch it. <laughs> Speaking of Star Trek, V'ger is also on the way. Did you see the... I sent to you yesterday the first teaser for the new Star Trek. Picard. Yeah. Yeah. Admiral Jean-Luc... Retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. There's already some hate on the internet. Well... Like, did they really expect him just to go pick up on the Enterprise where he left off? The problem is... He's like 80. You gotta understand something. Patrick Stewart isn't a very good actor, and that's well known. So I'm just surprised that they're having him reprise I'm gonna the role. I'm going to throw this table through your head. <laughs> oh, it's good to be the king. <laughs> so, kids, Stanton Friedman, if you really don't know him, go Google him and watch some videos of him talking on YouTube. It's very It's, it's unnecessary. You just learned everything you'll ever need to know in the last 45 minutes or so. hear it through his mouth, and that's something that they should have experience. And... I don't know if we'll ever have another Stanton. There will never be another Stanton Friedman, but I hope that someone realistically steps up into his role because it is a big, a big loss in, in the, the ufology world. Amen. And that's Captain Picard to you. Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. There we go. Admiral. He was Admiral in that, that, that link I sent you. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on Stanton and Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Hop on Facebook. You got some homework. Tell us what you think of Stanton Freeman. What's your best memory of him? What's your, your favorite thing that he covered? What is it a, 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 your favorite picture of Stanton? Put it on Hysteria Nation. How can they do that, John? Just hop on Facebook and look for our Facebook discussion group. As you said, Hysteria Nation. Go to that little search bar and type Hysteria Nation. That's right. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our Facebook page at Hysteria51pod. You can tweet to us there. We are on Instagram. We are on Reddit. We are on Patreon. Patreon.com. Slash Hysteria 51, where you can host your own show. You can get your own picture on our website. You can get a t-shirt. You can get a poster. You can sniff John can't. go forth. It's not true. You can. You're lying to for the For an children. extra $5, 
I'll let you hold him down while you sniff him. Nope, not true. That is. You say you'll let as if you're in charge of my actions. Well, we wait till you turn and then we go <laughs> get him. Like, get her, Ray. That was your plan. <laughs> <laughs> and you can leave us a voicemail 773 669 7277. John, what's that number again? 773 669 7277. Do we have one to listen uh, to? Well, Jefe, we have a plethora. Ah, a plethora. <laughs> si, el guapo. Hey, I was uh, calling about the Nazca line designer. Um, I heard an ad for it, and I thought that it'd be something interesting and fun to try. So I was just wondering Dick uh, if there are any details about it. I heard that there's no cost, so obviously I don't have to give you my Turn your blinker off. It's still on. Um, I, mean, I mean, unless you want me to, then you can call me back, and I'll give you that along with my Social Security and you know, all that stuff. But, um, yeah. It, it was Your blinker's really still on. I thought that it would be cool to have my own personal robot that would look over the lines. and Hey, he pulled over to the side of the road to make a safe phone call. Those are hazard lights, not blinkers. You know, same difference, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. There, uh, he really <laughs> gave us some, <laughs> some clean sound there. But you know what? I do remember. He's the only one that called in about having, you know, that we were looking for a Nazca line designer. So good on him. So thank you. Yeah. Turn yeah. your turn signal off. If that was your hazard lights, I'm with you. Hello. I'm a long time listener. First time caller. I enjoy your radio program. My only problem with your radio program is that fucking robot. His time will ruin America's youth. As soon as I my pickup. Yeah. I turned that off. Obviously, he is delusional. <laughs> I'll allow that one. Zero zero one one zero 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 one zero zero one zero zero one 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 zero one. Oh, you think he was going musical with that? It just sounded like. It kind of sounded like he was calling us from under a plane landing. That was his one call. He called us. <laughs> that was the <laughs> only call he had. And he used it on us. Well, thank you very much. Hello, this is Terra Proxima. Uh, uh, I, I am French, and uh, I'm, I will try to speak in a way your uh, degenerate American brains understand. <laughs> mm, uh, so I don't understand why you were mean to the... Uh, flat earth people, because obviously it is flat. Have you looked out the window? Hmm? Is it curved? I don't think so. Hmm? <laughs> and uh, I don't understand. And so, because I don't understand, uh, that means uh, it is uh, flat. Hmm? Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, I'm not going to stand for this. He's saying French people are stupid. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of stupid French people. I'm sure there are plenty of smart French people. We just got the the former, not the latter. Uh, no, I know. I'm pretty sure he was calling out the entire the entire country. <laughs> you, you do what? Fight! Fight! Let's do one more. Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. They usually have to go to the doctor for that. 
So our Klingon Brotherhood <laughs> has let us know that they enjoy the show. You know, like there's probably like hate speech in there that we don't even know what he's saying. I know, saying. we're like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm very racist toward the Inuit people. <laughs> like, uh-oh, uh-oh, too many words for snow. <laughs> you know what I have to say about this whole thing? I don't. Let me know. Now your alias says you're Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the United Federation of Planets. But he don't speak English any way, a a. Yeah, well, everybody you know, knows this is why I do the singing, people. and we don't let John do the singing. Meet me at the mission at midnight. We'll divvy up there. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so that has been our thoughts on Stanton Freeman. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed his life, his times, what he did for. All of us that are interested in the UFO phenomenon. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been an asshole. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.